Amen. You may be seated. Some of you have seen this. This is the first time we've had this out. It's an evangelism outreach, which we want to do for the next six months. It's to invite two people to church between now and July. If we do that, we will not have room here for one service. If we bring just two people, just two people to church in six months. If we do that faithfully, by the end of this year, we will not have enough room here for the people that we will invite. And I know the Holy Spirit put this in my heart because every one of us, you have at least two people Two people that you know, they are either not in church or they were in church before and the COVID came and because of one thing or another, they are no longer going to church. Those ones and those who don't know the Lord or those who are going to church that you know they need the Lord, just two, just two, just two in six months. So this is an outreach that everybody, we want everyone to be involved. Everyone to take on this mantle. The Bible says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. God is asking you now as a laborer to go out there to bring just two people to his feet in six months. The plan is if we do it till July, we will have enough people that we will do a discipleship class for those people to teach them the firm foundation, the firm principles of the Christian faith, so that when they stand, they stand firm in the Word of God. So in August, beginning in August, for about 12 weeks, we'll go through the firm foundation book with them. I will be one of the discipleship, uh, discipleship teachers. We'll set up a time with other pastors, and then we will teach those people and those of us here who don't have that firm foundation in the faith, who don't know some things that you need to know. There's a difference between a Christian who was discipled and a Christian who was not. Sometimes it's just that you don't know. And so we would do discipleship classes. It took Jesus three years to raise his disciples to send them into the world, and they changed the world. Twelve men changed the world. So that's why we're going to be following the pattern of Jesus. We're going to go there and bring them in. And then we will disciple them. Amen? So this is on all of us to do. Amen? Hallelujah. Father God, I just thank you this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence in this place. We know we don't have what it takes to do this. It's not by power. It's not by might. It is by your spirit, oh God. We rely on you. We depend on you. Without you, we can do absolutely nothing. God, we surrender to you. We pour ourselves out to you. Speak to us today, God. Give us ears that can hear. Give us eyes that can see. Give us a heart that can understand the things of God. Oh, Holy Spirit, move in this place. Hide me behind the cross this morning. Let every word that is spoken from this place, from this pulpit, be the voice and the words of God, so that your people's lives will never be the same. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. Last week we started talking about the power of the anointing oil. And I made you to understand that the anointing oil is just an instrument. The anointing oil is not the Holy Spirit. The anointing oil is an instrument that God uses. The Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity that you need to know. If you don't know him, I beg you, get to know the Holy Spirit because he is in charge now. Jesus said it is expedient for you that I go away 
Because when I go, I will bring, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. It said that because he knew that with the Holy Spirit here, he can be in you now as you're sitting down. He can be with you when you're at your home. He can be with you when you're at your job. He can be with you 24-7. So we have it better than the apostles did. Because they only had Jesus physically with them in a limited space. But the Holy Spirit represents Jesus now on earth. And we can carry him everywhere we go. We can take him with us. And he can use us. Jesus said, the things that I do greater than those things you, 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 you will do. Because the Holy Spirit is now come and is in you. The oil is a representation. It's to remind you of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. We are quick to forget that with the Holy Spirit, an extra has been added to your ordinary. A super has been added to your natural. You are now supernatural because of the seal of the Holy Spirit. You are now extraordinary because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And this oil is to remind you of that. This oil is to remind you of that. I told you, everyone here, you must have oil in your home. Get a bottle of anointing oil in your home. Moses anointed the utensils. You anointed the chairs, the tabernacle, anointed everything in the tabernacle. You are the tabernacle of God. Your home is the tabernacle of God. Get the anointing oil and said, my home, my home is holy and set apart for the Lord. My children are holy and set apart for the Lord. My car is holy and set apart from the Lord. Everything I own, everything I touch has become holy. Set aside for God. That's what the anointing oil should remind you of. That's what the anointing oil is supposed to be. When the anointing oil comes on you, the Bible says in Isaiah 10, 27, it says, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The anointing oil has its place. It has its place in your life. When you apply the anointing oil, every yoke is destroyed. When it's destroyed, it cannot be put together. When something is broken, we can fix it. But when it's destroyed, it can never be put together. So every yoke of the devil to keep you down, to keep you obeying him, to keep you in prison to him, the Bible says when you apply this anointing oil, that yoke will be completely destroyed. And every burden, every burden, every stress, everything that has come to burden your life, the Bible says the anointing oil will remove it. So today we are going to be anointing people that have financial yokes. You have done everything you know to do. You take one step forward and then you go back three steps. You can never go forward when it comes to financial matters. You are not going to go live here today without a yoke on your neck anymore. There are some people here, your relationships. It's like you open your mouth and everybody's against you and you don't know why. It's like the enemy has put a veil over you that nobody wants to do anything with you. Nobody wants to be around you. Nobody likes you. We are going to break that yoke over your life today. That yoke is going to be destroyed today. There are some people, you, you're married... But your marriage has, has never been sweet. You've never enjoyed yourselves as husband and wife. There's just this thing between both of you. You've tried to be submissive. It doesn't work. You've tried to give everything. It's like the enemy is just there. The conflict level in your home is so high. The Holy Spirit cannot stay in a home where there's too much conflict. My husband would always tell me, Angela, the conflict in our home must always be very low. No matter what it is, we can always talk it out. And because of that, the Holy Spirit had free reign in our home. 
I tell you today, if you're here and the Holy Spirit is not having a free reign in your home because of conflict, that yoke is going to be broken today. Every marital yoke is going to be destroyed today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The anointing oil, it breaks, destroys every yoke and removes every burden. The anointing oil was God's idea. Last week I told you that we are going to talk this week about the different ingredients that God said must be used for the anointing oil. Each one of those ingredients meant something. God is very purposeful when he does anything. Each of those ingredients meant something. And they build on each other. Let's read Exodus chapter 30, beginning from verse 22 to 31. Behold, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Also take for yourself quality spices. 500 shackles of liquid myrrh, half as much sweet-smelling cinnamon, 250 shackles, 250 shackles of sweet-smelling cane. He doesn't want any foul-smelling thing in his anointing. 500 shackles of cassia, according to the shackle of the sanctuary, and a hind of oil. He says, and you shall make from these a holy anointing oil, an ointment compounded according to the arts of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. I'm going to move down to verse 29. He says, you shall consecrate them that they may be holy. Whatever touches them must be holy. And you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me as priests. Before you can be a minister of God, because before you can minister to God, and remember God says we have all been chosen. We are all a royal priesthood. Don't take yourself out. We are so quick to do that. I can already see some might saying, oh, I'm not a pastor, so that doesn't include me. No, 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 no. He says we are all chosen by God. God chose you, made you a royal priesthood, made you a king, and he took you from the kingdom of darkness, and he translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. So every one of you looking at me today, you are the priest. You are David. You are the king that was anointed. The first ingredient was myrrh. That word means bitter. It means bitter. But do you know what? Although the resin, the oil itself is bitter, but the perfume that comes out of it is sweet and pleasing. It has an aroma that is sweet and pleasing. The first thing, if you are anointed, you must die to self. You must, everything that is ungodly must become bitter to you. Your flesh must be destroyed. Because until that happens, the sweet smelling fragrance of God, the anointing that is on inside of you will not come out. It will not be pleasing and it will not be sweet. So that's the first requirement. That was the first thing God said must go in the oil. Is myrrh. When those three wise men came to Jesus, they brought those three things. One of them was myrrh. Because Jesus was going to have to die. That was one of the things they used to embalm the bodies. That was what Mary and some of them went looking to do when they didn't find the body in the grave. Myrrh was one of the things they were going to use to anoint his body. It signifies death. So for you to be anointed, you must die to your flesh. You must die to excuses why you cannot be a Christian, the kind of Christian God wants you to be. You must die to lukewarmness. You must become on fire for the Lord. Because until you have that, 
the sweet aroma of the Holy Spirit, the oil of anointing on your life will not come forth. The second thing, the second ingredient was cinnamon. You all know what cinnamon looks like. They are sticks that are straight. How did you see a, a cinnamon stick? That, I've never seen a cinnamon stick that is bent. Cinnamon sticks, even when you dry them, they are straight. The Bible says the truth of the word of God is what keeps us straight and on the narrow. So for you to have the anointing of God in your life, for the anointing of God to flow in your life, you must be straight. The word of God must be what leads you. You cannot fall to every doctrine. Everything, you must take it to the Bible and cross-check it. In this era, in these days where there's so much false teaching, and it looks and it sounds so good, the anointing in you is what is going to make you say, mm, it sounds good, but uh-uh, I'm anointed. That doesn't, my God tells me something is wrong. The anointing in you, you are supposed to be a cinnamon. You are supposed to stand straight for the truth. You are supposed to stand straight for what you believe. If a hundred people said it's supposed to be like this, but you know the truth, the Bible says the road is narrow that leads to heaven, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. You, you use the belt of truth in Ephesians, one of the armors, one of the, uh, uh, the, the instruments we have in the armor is the belt of truth. You wear that belt and it holds you straight. The word of the truth of God is what you use to hold yourself straight. That's the cinnamon. The third thing was sweet cane. When we talk about cane, it's not, it's not like the sugar cane you see in, in South America. The cane they talked about is, was similar to a reed or lemon grass or ginger grass. They were very flexible. When the wind blows, they go with the wind. When the wind blows this way, they go with the wind. For you to be anointed, you have to be able to bend to the will of the Holy Spirit. You have to be able to flow with the Holy Spirit. It can never be about you. When the Holy Spirit says, move this way, yes sir, you go that way. When the Holy Spirit says, okay, it's now here, you go that way. That was the, that was the, the, the property of a sweet cane. It was movable, it was bendable only to God. Only to the Holy Spirit. Even if you have to become a fool in the eyes of men. Even if you have to look foolish to people. But when the Holy Spirit says go, yes sir, you go. That is who the anointed person is. You cannot be anointed and keep your opinions and refuse to bend because this is what I know. This is what I'm going to do. The anointing cannot flow from you. If the Holy Spirit cannot bend you to his will and you have your own agenda and his agenda comes and your own agenda triumphs his agenda, the anointing will not flow. Be warned that the Holy Spirit can move. Can move wherever he wishes to go. That's cinnamon. That's Cain. The next one was Kezia. Kezia represented physical health and emotional well-being. If you've given yourself to the Lord, you've died to yourself, you are using the word of God to stand erect, you are using the word of God to lead your life, you are bendable and flexible to the Holy Spirit, he will make sure your mind and your body stay strong to serve him. He will take on your cause and he will take on your fight. This is where most of us, that's where our own struggle is. This, between this ear and this ear, ear, this space here is where we struggle the most. And in our bodies, our physical bodies. But God is telling you today that the anointing you have, the anointing in you, if you follow him, what he tells you to do, that anointing will keep your mind sane. We keep your mind in Christ. You will have the mind of Christ. 
depression and anxiety, fear, we have no place in your life. Because the anointing, we break every yoke. We remove every burden that we want to come on you. And then the last one was olive. Olive represented peace. Represented illumination. Represented authority. When Jesus was going into Jerusalem on top of that donkey, they brought palms and olive trees, olive palms, and laid it down before him, telling him, you are the king. You are the prince of peace. When you have the anointing, you are a peaceful person. You are a peaceful person. Anywhere you enter, even if there's discord, by the time you speak, everything just comes calms down and settles down. When you have the anointing, you have illumination, you have unusual insight into things that other people don't, do, don't have. Solomon was anointed. Look at the insight he had. Use unusual knowledge and wisdom. Everybody came to bow to him, to give to him, just to hear the wisdom of God that was given to him. The anointing will do that for you. It will give you illumination. It will give you authority. And we will see when we go into Psalm 89, some of the things the anointing did for David. It gives you authority and influence. Those were the ingredients. So when this anointing oil touches you, that's what it's telling you. Those were the things that were mixed in here. And God said, that is what I need. Because the anointing is not for you to just say, oh, I'm anointed. When Jesus was anointed in Acts 38, they said he went about doing good, healing all those who were sick and freeing everyone who was oppressed by the devil. When you have the anointing of God in your life, when you operate in the fullness of the anointing, that is the same thing that you will do. You will touch the sick and they will be healed. You will touch them, those that are oppressed by the devil, the devils will flee. Your very presence will make the enemy say, oh, have you come to torment us before our time? Just like they did to Jesus. You will appear. They will flee before you. That is what God wants you to do. That is what God wants me to do. We cannot be ignorant anymore. We cannot be ignorant anymore. These are not the days to come to church and sit down and go home and say it was a good sermon. No! The devils we are fighting today, they are not the devils we were fighting two years ago. And you cannot use what you know two years ago to fight what you are fighting today. I know that. I know that. I know that. You need to step your game up. Let the Christians stand up. Jesus told the, Jesus told the disciples, go anoint people. In Matthew 26, 6 to 7. In Mark 6, I take that again. Mark 6, uh, uh, verse 13. Jesus told them, when you go, he told them, take the oil with you. And they went, and the Bible says, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. The apostles did it. The disciples did it. Used the same anointing or followed the same instructions. Some people will say, oh, it's the Old Testament. Oh, the New Testament. No, 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 no. Jesus was anointed. Mary came to Jesus and broke a, a flax of oil and poured it on his head. In, in, in Matthew 26, verse 6 and 7, put it up. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. And she poured it on his head as he sat on the table. Jesus was anointed. God anointed him and this woman anointed him. That's why I told you last week, it's not a one-time event. It's not a one-time event. On a regular basis, anoint yourself. Anoint your children. Anoint your home. It's a reminder. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves. Especially when you are being buffeted by every wind. You are being buffeted by trouble. 
Sometimes it's a good thing to remind yourself who you are. Sit yourself in a corner, take the anointing oil and say, Angela, remember who you are. You are not just ordinary. This oil through the Holy Spirit has put some extra to your ordinary. This oil through the Holy Spirit has put some super to your natural. The Bible says you walk as if you were men, men. Because we are not supposed to be. Jesus says, the songs you have given me, they are made for signs. They are made for wonders. Where are the signs and wonders? Where are the signs and wonders? Where are the signs and wonders? You are anointed. You are anointed. You are anointed. Second Corinthians 1 verse 20 and 20 to 22 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us in God and also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. You are anointed. It says it here. Don't be quick to take yourself out. You can do it. The fact that somebody said no to you before one time doesn't mean you will always have no all your life. The fact that somebody denied you something doesn't mean you will always be denied. Greatness is there. You can do it. You can do it. Do you know you've already won the greatest race on earth? Do you know for you to be here, for you to be born, do you know what you did when your father and your mother met? Do you know how many of you were in there? But you were the strongest, swam the strongest, swam the fastest. It was you, the same you. Don't put your head down. You, you know, you know. Is that not true? He's, he's embarrassed, but these things we need to know. Because when the enemy comes and tells you, oh, 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 oh you, you, are, you are nothing, you are nothing, tell him, you know what? Do you know how many? 40 million people. Out of 40 million, you were the one that survived. Out of 40 million. <laughs> he says, thank you, mom. <laughs> He's so shy. <laughs> I mean... Those are the things you need to remind yourself that you already won. You could have been the one that was flushed out the toilet. But you were not. You made it. You made it. You are here. You are here. You are here. You are here. Woo-wee. You made it. And who is the devil to tell you? That you that made it. Because God has spoken. That before your father and your mother met. You were the one he wanted. You were the one he wanted. And he said because he had things that he planned for you. So you already. Give the devil a black eye. That is my life's mission now. For the rest of my life. I told the enemy. I know what. I can't be a wife anymore, but I'm going to be a mother. And I'm going to be the best mother, not only to my four children or the ones, the other ones we marry, but to everyone in this church, to everyone that hears me on television in Nigeria. I will be the best mother ever. I will tell them the truth of the gospel. I will fight the enemy on your behalf. I will make sure the enemy does not take from your family. I will pray for you. I will fast for you. Ah, me, Satan put his hand in the wrong place. He, he made a miss. He will pay for it. That's what I want you to do. Let the enemy pay for what he does for you. This is not the time to say, oh God, it, it didn't happen the way, the way I prayed for it to happen. So Lord, I'm not, I'm not going to serve you anymore. No, 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 no. The enemy just won if you did that. 
Because anything God allows, anything he looks at it and says, mm, mm, okay, give it to Angela. It's for a purpose. And if you now die, if you now give up everything that he made you survive, that one, you that swam and beat all those 40 million people, you just went like them down the drain. And everything that he planned for you, everything he spoke over you, just went down the drain like the other 40 million. I refuse. I refuse for you too. I refuse for you too. In the name of Jesus. Ah, let me tell you about the anointing you carry. Psalm 23 verse 5. Psalm 23 verse 5, it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. The anointing you carry is an overflowing anointing. Overflowing your life is like a cup in the hands of God. And he keeps pouring the oil. He keeps pouring the oil. He keeps pouring. The, the cup is full, but he doesn't stop. He keeps pouring the oil. He keeps pouring, and you are like saying, Lord, my, my, my hands are stained now. Lord, stop. He says, no. He keeps pouring that oil. It goes all over you. But he keeps pouring the oil until it's dripping from you. Everywhere you go, the anointing is evident. Everywhere you go, you smell God. Everywhere you go, they can tell the aroma of God is around you. You smell it on your children because it's overflowing on your life. You smell it on those at your job. You smell it on your family members. You smell it in your ministry. Everything you touch has oil on it. Because God says you need it. You need more than enough. That's the anointing you carry. It's not just a little dab on your forehead. Little thing like that and you're like, oh, I'm anointed. No, 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 no. The anointing you carry is overflowing anointing. If it's not flowing from you and touching other people, it's not yet the anointing from God. At your job, what do they know you as? Have they seen you in one corner and you're at your job? Arabashenderebokondoria shata. They will say you are crazy, but believe me, when they need help, who that are they coming to? It's you. At the store, are you the one to look at the person and the Holy Spirit say, oh, that lady right there. I want you just to go tell her it's going to be okay. That's all you need to say. And you're like, I don't know who she is. Your anointing is not yet overflowing. When you are at the gas station and you are pumping your gas and the other car comes, and he says, you know what? I needed to talk to that man. I just tell him, sir, God loves you. That's all. You're going to say, mm, I don't want to talk to anybody I don't know. You're not yet flowing. Because when, when, when it's not flowing over, very soon God will have to say, no, I don't want to waste my anointing. He will cut it off. And that's what you don't want. That's what, that's what David said. Please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. David understood what it means to have overflowing. He said it. My cup runs over. He said, please, you can take anything from me, but please don't take the Holy Spirit from me. Because he knew the importance of the overflowing anointing. Ha, ah, Jesus. Psalm 133, verse 1 and 2. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil. This is where I want, to, I want to zoom on. It is like the precious oil upon the head. Running down the beard. The beard of Aaron. Running down on the edges of his garments. Saturating anointing. The anointing that saturates you. What they did in those days was they took a whole horn of oil. A whole horn which had about six quarts of oil, that's they say. And the, the priest would just stand there and they would be pouring it on him. It would go down his face. Go down his beard. Go into his robe. Go down into his inner garments. Go down to his loins. Go down to his knees. 
and get to the floor and just wet the floor. And he had to wear that garment. So when he was walking, it was heavy on him. Because every part of him was saturated with oil. Every part of him was saturated. The anointing was so heavy on him. Everywhere he went, they could tell this was somebody that was different. The smell of the oil announced his presence. Every part of his home, there was no area in his life that was absent from the anointing. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to wear the garment in church and when I get home, I will take it off. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to wear the garment in this area, but when it comes to this area, I will take it off. Every area of his life, every part of his body was anointed. His prayer life was anointed. His worship was anointed. His giving was anointed. We see Christians, why are we not making the right impact? Because we will be one way at home, and then once we get to church, we carry the garment. But once we get out, we take it off. God, we say, give. In that area, God, the anointing is not going with me there. God, we say, pray. We'll give excuses why we can't do it. Take the anointing off. You're not supposed to take that garment off. That garment is supposed to be on you 24-7 in every area, every nook and cranny of your life. Your giving life, your prayer life, your study of the word, every area of your life was to be saturated with the anointing. Nobody can operate for the kind of fight we are fighting. You cannot afford to take your garment off. You just cannot afford. You cannot. You cannot. They told us, take the first vaccine, right? We took it. They said, that would do it. And they came back and said, take a second one to cap it up. Okay. We went and took a second one to cap it up. Oh, and they said, no, 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 we need a booster. I said, okay. To boost the, the one that we already boosted and boosted? Yeah, okay. We took a booster. And then Omicron came and they said, no, now you're going to need a booster on top of the booster. And I'm like, I don't have any more place in my hand for you all to poke. The anointing is God that can cover you. We have all come to realize that man don't have it. The arm of flesh will not save you. The arm of flesh will not do it for you. No chariots, no horses will save you. Only the anointing in your life, covering every area of your life, will do it for you. Hallelujah! Psalm 92, verse 10. He says, But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. He didn't say with old oil. He didn't say with stale oil. Fresh oil. Your anointing must be fresh. I told you all last week, you cannot operate on the anointing from last year. You can't say, oh, God used me four years ago, five years ago. I'm believing on that. Uh -uh -uh. In the, in the tabernacle, every day they brought fresh bread. Every day it was fresh bread. The same thing with the anointing you have. It should be fresh, 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 fresh. God is speaking every day, so you should be getting fresh revelation. Fresh, up to date. We update our phone. We update our computers. We update everything, but we don't update our Christian work. You are still... The knowledge of God you knew five years ago is still where you are today. Meanwhile, you bought like three or four phones that you've updated. They went from 9 to 10, from 10 to 11, from 12 to whatever. 
Let that be a challenge as they are updating you, updating your phone. Ask yourself, have I updated my spiritual life? Am I still operating on uh, uh, 8.0 when my phone is 12.0? Update your spiritual life. Fresh, make it fresh. Nobody buys a car and just change oil at one time. Every 3K to 5K, you go back there, you give them your car, you say, change the oil. When they put the oil in there, it's, it's, it's almost clear. You can see your face in it. It's luscious. It's, it's viscous. It has luminosity. It's, it has lavoir in it. Everything, all the properties of oil. But after that 3,000 to 5,000 miles, pour that same oil out. It's, oh, my brother, you know now. That oil becomes dark. It has dirt and sand in it. Grit in it. You can't see anything. As it is in the physical, so it is in the spiritual. You have to change your oil. If you don't change your oil, what will happen? Your car cannot run with the optimal, the, 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 the best way it can. You'll be running and you'll be, all, your, all your exhaust will be blowing, blowing fumes on people. How many of us are running on, on old anointing and we are, we are stinking up people thinking that we are doing good? You are stinking up everywhere you go. It's stinking because you still think you are anointed. Meanwhile, your oil is old and you just need to change it. You are as mean as a bed bug that is drunk. And you think you are anointed? You say the ugliest things about people and you say you are anointed? You are mean and you say you are anointed. The words that come out of your mouth, not in church, at home. Every year, when we're out here, we can all say sweet stuff. Let me be a fly in your bedroom. Let me see what you talk to your husband, how you talk to your wife, how you talk to your children, how you talk to your co-workers. Stink. Because you are working on the old anointing. The Bible says fresh oil. Fresh oil. Freshness in your praise. Freshness in your worship. Freshness in everything you do. Every Sunday, be excited to be in the presence of the Lord. Come here with a fresh desire to serve Him. With a fresh desire to see Him move. With a fresh openness to see what He's going to do. Excitement about the things of God. Zeal about the things of God. Excitement. You can't wait to be with your brothers and sisters. That is fresh oil. That is fresh oil. And God says that's what he wants you to have. Mm. When everything is too routine, the oil is no longer fresh. When it's, too, when it's just routine, the same old, same old, same old. The freshness is gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First John 20. Now I'm going to move to the benefits of anointing, Teresa. The benefits of anointing. Because I'll spend a little bit of time here. Psalm 89, verse 20 to 29. See what happened to David when the oil found him. He says, I have found my servant David with my holy oil. I have anointed him, with whom my hand shall be established. Also my arm shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not outwit him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. I will beat down his foes before his face, and plague those who hate him. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. And in my name, his horn shall be exalted. Also, I will set his hand over the sea and his right hand over the rivers. He shall cry to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Also, I will make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My mercy I will keep for him forever. My covenant shall stand firm with him. His seed also I will make to endure forever. 
and his throne as the days of heaven. <laughs> if I start preaching on all those benefits, we'll be here till tomorrow. So what I have just want, I just want to pick a few. He says, I have found my servant David. He found him because he was a servant. He didn't say, I have found my, uh, what word am I looking for? There are some people that just like to be seen and just want to be in the forefront. They think they, they know it more than any other person, you know. He didn't say that. He said, I have found my servant. Servanthood is a prerequisite to the anointing. The oil is looking. When he says, I have found, that means he was looking. And he was looking. And who did he find? He found his servant. It was the servant that the oil found. That was the reason why the oil found David. Because he was a servant. Don't be too quick to be in the front. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Don't be too quick to be in the front. You just don't know what it is to be in the front. If God has called you to it, yes. But please don't wish to always be the one that is... No, 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 no. no. The funniest thing is, is those that really don't want it, that God says go. It says, verse 21, with whom my hand shall be established and my arm shall strengthen him. The anointing prevents you from being swayed. It establishes you. It grounds you. It keeps you focused. The things of God are the first and primary thing in your life. You are not swayed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You are not the one running from church to church looking for this prophet, for this anointing person, for this new word, for this da da da. Because God has established you in his word. You are like that tree that is planted by the rivers of water. You know how to get nutrients from the river. You know how to get everything you need from God to make you stand. Because he said you are, you are my child and you know all things. Because if you listen to too many people, you will be as deceived as you never thought you would be. He says, my hand strengthens him. Verse 21, with whom my hand shall be established, also my arm shall strengthen him. The benefit you will get from your anointing is divine strength. Strength that you yourself don't even know where it's coming from. You don't even know how you're doing it. Spiritual strength and vigor. When God tells you, I need you to fast for the next seven days, you're not like, oh, 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 no. He gives you the strength because you're not anointed. Because there are things he needs to do and he wants you to help him achieve those things. He gives you emotional strength. You are not breaking apart every minute. Fear doesn't control you. Depression is not controlling you. Anxiety is not controlling you. He gives you an emotional and mental strength that on your own you cannot have. But the oil has found you. The oil has found you. And because of the oil, he gives you that strength. He says you are going to have victory over the enemy. He says the enemy shall not outwit you. Nor the son of wickedness afflict you. I will beat down your foes before your face. And I will plague those who hate you. When the enemy comes against you, like a flood, the, the spirit will raise up a standard against him. You will be vindicated. People that will talk bad about you. People that will try to pull you down because you are anointed. The Bible says, touch my prophet, don't touch my prophet and do him no harm. He was for a reason he says that. Because that person is anointed. And because you are anointed, anyone that wants to bring you down, wants to tear you down because of the anointing you carry, God says, 
He will fight for you. And trust me, you don't want God to fight with you. Believe me. Because when God fights with you, you will die. He will wake you up in hell and continue fighting with you. So you don't want God to fight with you. So because you are anointed now, be careful about what you do to people too. Because if you cause people, if the anointing on you causes people not to follow God, if you are operating in old oil, and they begin to say things about you, you've just, because God will always fight for you. When you are a child of God, he will always fight for you because he's already told you he will never leave you, he will never forsake you. But you have to carry that anointing and guard it with jealousy. Guard the anointing you carry. Protect it. Watch what you say. Watch what you do. Watch where you go. Watch what you look at. Watch what you allow yourself to hear. Protect it. So that God can fight for you. He says his faithfulness and mercy will be upon you. We need mercy, the mercy of God more than anything else. Even when you do wrong, go to him. The reason that David, God says David was the apple of his eye. And that David's throne will be forever. The reason, two reasons. David was quick to repent. David never gave excuse when God came to him and said, you did something wrong. He never gave excuse. He would fall on his face and say, please, 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 don't take the Holy Spirit from me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And David was a worshiper. When David, when they were taking the ark into town, he danced so much. He was dancing to the point where his clothes fell off. Some of us, we are too dignified. We are too dignified. David danced with his whole might to God. Authority and influence, verse 25. He says, I will set his hand over the sea and his right hand over the rivers. The anointing will bring prosperity to you. The anointing will bring influence and authority. Unusual achievement. Unusual groundbreaking. Uncommon dimension of influence. It will stretch across the seas, overseas, over your house. It will spread across your neighborhood. It will spread across your town, across your city, because you carry the anointing. And lastly, watch the flies. Watch the flies. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 1, it says, Dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment. Dead flies cause the oil to stink. Dead flies cause the oil to be stale. And remember last week, Beelzebub, the demon, what was he called? He was called the king of flies. The king of flies is Beelzebub, a demon. He will want to bring flies to putrefy and to make your anointing to stink. So watch for the flies. Everybody here, you know what your flies might be. You know what the potential, you know what you struggle with. I don't know, you know. Anything that will make you anointing in this time and age that we are in. Anything that will make you not to flow with God. Anything that will make your worship and your dedication to God to become less than 100%. Anything that will want to draw you away from the things of God, young children. Those are dead flies. And when those dead flies land on your anointment, on your anointing or your ointment, it begins to stink. It begins to be putrid. The word putrid is foul, like, a, like a, an egg, a rotten egg. That's not what we want. We want our anointing to be sweet-smelling, aroma of God. So tonight, this morning... I want you all to stand up on your feet today. We are going to be breaking some things off of us today so that the anointing of God in our lives, the anointing of God in our lives will come forth. Before I do that, I want my four children to please come out. This morning I struggled with this, but I said, Lord, I'm going to do it because this church is my family. And I want them to pray with me for my, ch- my children. Where's Gracie? 
uh, uh, Teresa, please, I didn't give you this scripture. Exodus 29, from 29 to 30, please. Exodus 29, 29 to 30. I want you to put it up. I want to read that to my children this morning before the church. Stretch their hands and anoint them. We have been through some waters. We have been through some things in the last uh, two years. And I know that the enemy meant for evil, but God meant it for good for us. Exodus 29, 29 to 30 says, And the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him, to be anointed in them and to be, to be consecrated in them. That son who becomes priest in his place shall put them on for seven days. For seven days. For seven days when he enters the tabernacle of meeting to minister in the holy place. Seven is the number of completion. Your father, my husband, started a lot of things that we all know. In ministry, the vision he had for us as a family to take the world, to take the gospel to the world. What I want to do today is to anoint you. Jacob, when he was sleeping, when he was running from Esau, he took a stone and put his stone on the head. Then he woke up in the morning, and that stone, he anointed it. And he called that place Bethel. It was the place he now experienced God. The enemy meant for his life, for him to always, in his mind, always to have that hardness. But he said, you know what, I'm going to anoint that very thing that the enemy wanted to use to destroy me, to put a hardness in my mind, in my heart against God. I'm going to anoint it. And that would be the result of me experiencing God in unusual ways. He saw the angels going up and down the ladder. He, he could see things other people could not see. It's that number seven, so the, the Aaron's children wore the garment for seven days. Seven is the number of completion, like I said. But what I want to pray for you for, and for the husband you are going to marry in the future, for the wife you are going to marry in the future, is that you will do sevenfold all the things your father did. Sevenfold all the things that I can ever do. You will pray sevenfold more than your father prayed. You will love people seven times more than he ever did. You will preach the gospel, the vision, the zeal that your father had. We know how he was. It will be in you seven times more. That's my prayer for all of you. So I'm going to anoint you. And I want you all please to stretch your hands towards my children. I wanted to do this and just obey the Holy Spirit. They didn't know this would happen. God told me to do that this morning. I'm going to anoint them. Please help me, brother. Please help me. What we have been through as a family. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, please stretch your hands to them. We catapult you into your ministries. We catapult you into your vision. We catapult you into your purpose. You will do seven times more than good luck Okotie ever did. You will touch seven more times, more people, your influence. Seven more times in the name of Jesus. Seven more times in your anointing. Seven more times in your dedication. You will speak and people will be healed. You will touch people and they will be healed. Everything you do, your prayer life will go seven times higher than your father's. Your reading of the word, seven times more. Your love for people, seven times more. I pray over that, over you today in the name of Jesus. Receive it, my children. The enemy made it for evil, but God is using it for his good. We will touch the world for God. 
We will touch the world for God. We will touch the world for God. Because you have been anointed. You are wearing that, that anointing for seven days. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So if you want to be prayed for, I want all our prayer partners, please, our pastors, to come out. If you have yokes and burdens you want to be broken off of you this morning, please come out. I believe God will do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. It is not the will of God that you live under any yoke of the enemy. It is not the will of God that you live under any burden anymore. If you are dealing with fear, if you are dealing with depression, if you are dealing with every, anything at all, financial lack, sickness in your body, please come out, let us pray for you. Please come out, let us pray for you. The musician, just play something soft. Something soft, something soft. Come out, let us pray for you this morning. Let us pray for you. If you have troubles in your marriage, if you have children you want us to pray for, come out, let us pray and believe God for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.